You're listening to the MoneyWeb Now podcast series with Simon Brown. Live streamed every weekday at 6.30 a.m. Thursday, 9 February, Sona tonight. I'm Simon Brown, coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, I'm uh, going to be chatting with uh, Carl Givers, uh, talking the pick and pay update, but that coronation, I'm not sure what to say, except, I mean, I got smashed in the face with that one. Uh, Chris Rule from Core Shares changes to the preference share ETF as the pref. Pref shares in the JC kind of dwindle away. And then Bertie Nell from Momentum buying solar. Uh, check the numbers first. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines from MoneyWeb. Anglo Platinum says payouts to decline as SA power outages hit. Uh, power outages could cut SA output of Platinum Group Metals by a fifth after an estimated reduction of 10% in 2022. Business Day, SAPI CEO Steve Binney calls for urgent state intervention to fix ESCOM and Transnet. Uh, the pulp and paper company forced to put in place logistical backups to circumvent power cuts and rail inefficiencies. Morning markets, US was red, S&P off 1.1%, NASDAQ down 1.8%. Asia is red, Sydney down 0.2% and Tokyo off half a percent. Commodities mixed, gold 1,891, Brent 8496, platinum 980, palladium 1640, rand 1774, bitcoin 22,600, cent is up 0.8% in Hong Kong, and top 40 looking for a green open, but 70 points to the green, that is 0.1% up. MoneyWeb now on the money. Also available on podcast. Thank you, uh, Carl Givers, uh, independent analyst. Carl, appreciate the early morning time. There was a bunch coming through yesterday. Uh, Wilson Bailey, SAPI results, uh, pick and pay update. We'll touch on that in a moment. But the big one, perhaps, was was coronation. And, and, and as a holder of coronation, it certainly hit me uh, straight in the face. Not a lot to say, I suppose. I mean, they didn't quantify the number, but I went and had a look. They said perhaps no interim dividend. Their last interim dividend was 750 uh, million rand. I mean, your take on it, beyond the fact that it's nasty to be a coronation shareholder this morning. Yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, morning, Simon. Uh, the, that, I mean, look at the share price, down 11%. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I think that most holders of, of coronation do hold it because you get that juicy mm-hmm. 11% or 10, 10 11% uh, dividend yield. So all of a sudden, that, that disappears, at least from an interim point of view, and it looks a lot less uh, attractive. And like you say, they haven't given a quantum of the, the amount, but the fact that they've said that the interim dividend uh, is most likely not going to be paid um, gives you an indication of the potential amount. So there's still uncertainty around that, but uh, it certainly is significant. I think that that's uh, that's the, the main thing. Yeah, and curiously, they must know the number because they lost in court, but they're not telling us. Pick and pay trading update. I, I'm not sure what spooked the market more. I mean, was it a poor update or, or was it the load shedding woes which 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 really spooked? And certainly, I mean, they talk around you know their internal inflation, 10%. Sure, food inflation is 12, but yo, that's a big number. Yeah, it's a it's a big number there, but I think you know if we if we first look at at that load shedding um, story, I think it's becoming you know everyone's becoming aware of that because mm-hmm. we saw Shoprite indicating that they're spending a lot. Um, so here, pick and pay saying 
about 60 million a month that they're spending on 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 uh, diesel and, and generators which which might force them to to rechannel some of that capex they would spend on growth so i think there, there was an element of that in in the 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 shock there um but i think the bigger shock is just the the like for like sales that that were very disappointing so if you look at just their their south african sales growth for the 43 weeks of nine percent like for like you're looking at 4.8 and if you bring in that inflation you know around 10 percent that's quite a significant negative um volume growth so they're losing mm. volumes um and more so in the last uh, last few last 17 weeks um so i think that that certainly is uh, especially if you compare it to to Shoprite, um, a quite a disappointing element. And you know the the load shedding does play a role um, because your footfall drops. People don't come in when the malls are dark. Um, you don't buy if the fridges are not uh, <laughs> yeah. not on because I certainly don't buy dairy or meat if I see the fridge is is not actually on. And and the load shedding times are getting longer and longer. So um, I think overall a, a tough tough period for them. And they'll have to make a plan to get those sales going again. Yeah, and ShopRite spoke around, uh, what did they say? I think 46 months of, of market share growth. I think it's clear that some yeah. of that market share is coming from pick and pay. We'll leave there. Cargivers, independent analyst, appreciate the early morning. Hear that? Nothing. Your money can do more when it blocks out the noise, as hard as it is these days. When you invest in the Standler Balanced Cautious Fund, We manage the risks so that you can see stable inflation-beating returns through market cycles. Invest with more certainty at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib is an authorized financial services provider and a registered manager. MoneyWeb now on The Money. I'm chatting with Chris Rule, uh, Head Product and Client Solutions at CoreShares. Their preference share ETF, uh, code on the JSC is PREFTX, uh, is going to be it's going to be leaving the market. Chris, appreciate the time. I mean, if we go back with a bit of history, I mean, if we go back what 15 years or so, the, the preference share market was 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 robust in, in, on I Exchange, but changes to Basel III Capital Tier One uh, suddenly that space has been dwindling and is continuing to dwindle. Absolutely. You know, the, the PREF market has always been one that's been dominated by the banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, around, around, say, three quarters of the PREF markets and outstanding issuances were bank-led issuances. And in 2012, the, the Basel III um, updates meant that for the banks, the preference share instruments that were on, on the market no longer qualified as tier one capital. Um, and they started what they call grandfathering the, the capital nature of them. So in mm. other words, 10% a year was moved out of, let's say, tier one capital into tier two um, over a period of 10 years up until last year when there was no more uh, tier one capital uh, you know, attached to the preference share instruments. And so, you know, the banks, what you've seen with the banks is they've been redeeming all of their, their preps. Not, not quite all of them yet, but certainly some of the large issuances out there, net banks, first rands, some of the investic preps, um, you know, those are, those are banks preps that have left our market. And as a consequence, so has a lot of the liquidity and the investability for big uh, funds like our, like our pref ETF. 
and this vision is, I mean, to the point, I mean, the preference shares will in time disappear from a market, which means that the ETF just is no longer viable as a product. So you're going through a ballot process to essentially change it into what would be a, a, a bond ETF. That's correct. I mean, to be clear, the prefs will still exist in the market sure. and, and, and there may be small issuances. But from a liquidity perspective, there just isn't sufficient um, diversification and liquidity for us to manage a, a fund uh, based on that. So, yeah, we, we have done quite a lot of work with the regulators. This is quite an unusual balloting process insofar as we received a, a suspension in a provision of our deed, which basically means mm-hmm. – because of this potential liquidity problem, we've got an exception that says we can hold cash in our funds. So at the moment, we're holding cash. You know, as as the banks redeem off market, we we don't reinvest into an, an asset class that's getting less and less liquid because we believe that would put uh, our investors at at severe liquidity risk. Yeah. And effectively, the work we've done with with investors and with some of our anchor clients in this fund is to say what was the intent of holding the fund and 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 I, you know I've got a long history with this pref ETF from its listing in 2012 mm-hmm. and and the intent has always been to seek out yields unfortunately the the one of the the byproducts of the pref ETF was always tax efficient yield which yeah. which we we didn't manage to solve but insofar as the the pursuit of yield clients were willing to take on a little bit more volatility and so they held the pref instruments so we have designed a bond fund we actually already ran it as a unit trust, um, and that bond fund is effectively a long duration or a high yield bond fund where we only buy South African government bonds, but we buy the long end. In other words, we buy the high yielding bonds. So for those clients who are looking to eke out a little bit more yield, but you know at the expense of a little bit more volatility and potentially more risk, duration risk, that's the idea is a remandate to a bond index of that nature. Yeah, and I take your point on the tax because, of course, the prefs pay dividends, um, whereas interest is, is, is taxed differently. Uh, taxed as income, yeah. ultimately. And, you know, I mean, depending yeah. on your rate, could be a, a whole lot more. And, and, and the balloting process, you said, is, is, is different because, I mean, this is, this is to use a phrase, I mean, uh, you guys have kind of been squeezed in, into a corner around this. This is beyond your control. Um, the process is going to be, I mean, is, is there a vote? Can, can people reject it? I mean, surely if they reject it, they should then just exit. Yeah, exactly. So they can reject it. I mean, investors have their mm-hmm. rights and their rights are to either vote in favor or against. They can abstain as well and just not vote. Mm-hmm. Um, we would encourage investors to vote because, uh, it, you know, it's, it's important for them to understand what's happening in their product. And at least if they're voting, we know that they're participating and understand the change afoot. Um, so if they vote against, which is possible, Effectively, we go through two ballot rounds. If we get a quorum of more than 25% and everyone's voted against, if it, we, we would essentially close this product um, in, in around September and pay investors back their, their money. Um, so that, that, that is the, the suspension of that provision in the deed I chatted earlier about, yeah. which the FECA granted us. It was gazetted publicly um, at the end of last year. Yeah. That gives us a year to either effectively remandate the fund or, or close the fund. So a, a negative vote would mean the fund closing. Okay. I'm imagining that but you've engaged with folks. And of course, I mean, you know, the, the, the issue with pref shares is, is, is well known. It, it's likely to happen and then it'll just seamlessly convert maybe a new name and, and, and then new constituents. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, the importance of, of for some investors, you know, the pref market's been through a bit of a roller coaster over mm. the last 10 years. Uh, you know, we had the introduction of DWT, if you recall that, yeah, and that yeah. kind of, you know, <laughs> the press sold off. And there were a whole lot of African bank scenarios that, you know, a lot of the press, 
you know, got hit by some sort of credit risk. Steinhoff as well, yeah. In the market, Steinhoff. And, you know, there's been a lot of volatility in that uh, market. But if you're an investor buying into this instrument two years ago, you've got 40% odd capital gains. So it's (laughs) most certainly a consideration for investors Um. to think about the the amalgama the, you know the, the balloting process and the change of mandate means there's no tax event yeah, whereas yeah. A, whereas a, a closure of the fund is a, is effectively us paying capital back and it's a it's a deemed sale so that would be a CGT event for clients so what's efficient is for clients they're not incurring costs of trading out of the ETF instrument and then mm-hmm. into something else we would do that at the fund level and, and at, at at wholesale brokerage uh, rates. Um, and then, and then there's the there's effectively because it's a remandate and and not a sale. There's the there's the continuation of the rollover of your CGT liability, which is far more efficient than selling out and buying something else. If you if you do have that uh, capital gain, you know, in in your holding. I hadn't even thought of that capital gain. We'll leave it there. If you if you're holding the ETF, you will get contacted by your broker to vote. Vote always, vote always be voting. Uh, Chris Rule, Head Product and Client Solutions, Core Shares. Appreciate the time. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's infrastructure investment fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting with Bertie Noah, Head of Financial Planning and Advice at Momentum. Uh, Bertie, appreciate the time today. Talking going off grid, which I think everyone I know is is investigating it, and it's not cheap. I mean, 50 to 100K for a battery and inverter, 100 upwards for, for, for solar. It, it has become, I suspect, something which most uh, families are, are discussing. Yes, I mean, thanks for the time. Yeah, it is one of those frustrating moments in our history, I assume. Eh? I mean, it's the most awkward topic in in the country at the moment getting off the grid getting power getting lights in your electricity in your place and that unfortunately in an already um, economic restrained consumer um, is difficult i mean it's always difficult you need to go back and, and the only caution from a financial planning perspective is you need to be very cautious on what you're doing and, and having a close look at budgets we're seeing people are already spending debt levels are increasing because of of increased costs, etc., um, interest rates, um, and, and people incurring costs and debit, credit card co- um, facilities in order to, to just keep alive and abreast of the expenses. So I think it's very, very important that, yeah, we need to, we need to relieve the, the pressures of not having these type of facilities, but be very careful. As you said, it's a very costly exercise, even for a, for a very basic system. And yeah, I think it's important to have a close look at at your money affairs and, and, and a budget story because that money is, needs to come whether you're financing or whether you're paying it with capital, it's coming from somewhere. That's a great point because, I mean, the conversation is, is almost sort of moved on from the cost and it's a case of, well, how quickly can I get it? Who's a good provider? Uh, but we need to pause a moment and say, this is expensive. Consumers are under pressure. How are we going to, to fund it? And as you say, have a good look at budget and, 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 and careful of, of extending the budget and, and careful of debt. Debt's expensive right now. 
In fact, so I mean, I just saw over the weekend in Afrikaans press there was a there was a survey done by one of uh, financial institutions showing that despite your age group, you under immense pressure, people making more more debt, incurring more debt, paying more on interest payments with increasing payments, the the number of from a affordability point of view is getting less, um, and and people neglecting making provision for other needs in their life. It's like providing for education for the yeah. kids or making provision for a proper retirement, etc. In an in already strained retirement environment where only 6% of people can afford to retire independently. I don't know how, uh, how well research that's a number being used all over. But I just think it's very important that people be, be going wisely about this without spending uh, um, in excess of and, or rapidly or, or on, on the spur of the moment. Yeah, so spare of the moment in the olden days, and by now I'm talking the very, very olden days. I mean, you you would you would probably go and have a chat with your bank manager. Um, I, I don't. I mean, we still have bank managers, but those relationships are largely gone. I mean, is this something where perhaps? I mean, because this is a big outlay. Is this something that where a financial advisor could be of help? I mean, it, it does also inversely. It, it adds to the value of 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 your of your house or your apartment. Truly, it does. It, it does increase the capital or the asset value of of your of your underlying property. Um, it's also a case of if you if you relocate, whether you're going to take it with you or you're well, going to yeah. leave it. I mean, it's a, it's a capital expense. So I see a lot of people packing up and, and move to the next place. But in saying that, I I tend to agree. The, the the role of the bank manager in the current environment is is of a lesser case. It's just granting facilities, looking whether you. Um, in excess of your your facility, mm-hmm. but I think the role of the financial advisor and what we encouraging at Momentum, moving not from a product based or product led environment to an advice led environment, but balancing the two. So I think your role of the financial advisor is getting more critical in assisting clients with can they afford this and what is the long term effect of a quick decision on the short term. It might be that that it. Uh, you know, affect your retirement situation later and, and, and which can cause cause other complications. Yeah, I, I take your point in that, particularly depending on, on how you do it, how you structure it, how you pay for it. And, and then, of course, I mean, it almost goes without saying, but we need to do research. It's not just, you know, someone at the bra said to me that they had a good experience. I mean, they're, 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 this is a booming industry. We need to go and do our digging, not just on, 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 on price, but also just on, on, on quality and, and, and availability to make sure that we don't get uh, scammed, because I have no doubt there's some scams out there around this. Yeah, very much so, Simon. I think it's. Uh, I'm not an engineer, so I can't talk on the on the <laughs> yeah. actual what 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 the needs would be. But I mean, being in that same boat situation of having a look and researching these type of things, it it is actually I won't say concerning, but the conflicting quotes and prices that you get in the market. You compare X X KV, KVA with another one. And then the price difference might be significant. And then you hear about these horror stories of people installing and afterwards maintenance or batteries when uh, go flat or just collapsing. And you get no after-sales report, uh, support is, is critical. Um, and, and, and especially what, what, what your needs would be. I think sometimes people in South Africans tend to overkill the situation. They're actually putting the best <laughs> of breed in. And they might not even need that for the for their personal circumstances. So I think it's critical that you get the, as with a financial ad- advisor, the right person to trust you to guide you through this installation process and and, and selection process. We'll leave it there. It's Bertie now, head of financial planning and advice at Momentum. Bertie, always appreciate the time.
And that's our poll today on LinkedIn and Twitter. Uh, rooftop solar battery backup uh, to try and sort of save us through the load shedding. Have you made the move to off-grid or perhaps power backup? Uh, have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. We were chatting yesterday with Jimmy Moyaho, talking that that, that Sasol trading update. It was a tough update. Stock down 6.9%. Issues were rail, port, power, i.e. infrastructure locally. We asked if you hold Sasol in your portfolio. It was, again, evenly split between the, the three options. Uh, some folks saying, no, long since sold. Others say, you're holding and it hurts. Others were saying, you know what, I'm buying because that oil price, it is heading higher. Have your vote, have your say, LinkedIn and Twitter. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. We're live every weekday morning on the MoneyWeb website and the app 6.30 a.m. podcast just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie Nobochle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. Sona Review. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now, on the money.